to the School Business Leadership Podcast. To celebrate the publication of my SBL CPD survey, the link is in the show notes. This week is going to be a little different. As you know, I'm usually joined by a guest or guests, and we talk around a specific topic and share experiences, tips, and advice. This week, I'm flying solo, and instead of giving you the answers, I'm going to help you to find them for yourself. So what does that mean exactly? It means that this episode is like a mini coaching session. We're talking about career paths and CPD plans, which are not only complex topics, but super personal to you as an individual. Now, I know we're about to head into a long and much needed summer break, but I really do think that a summer break is the best time to not only rest and recharge, but also to review and reflect. I always advise school business leaders never to make big decisions in the heat of the moment or without the opportunity of taking a little bit of time to get some perspective. So use this episode to help you do just that. My advice is to give it an initial listen and come back to it again in a few weeks. It'll help you to benchmark where you're at, how your feelings may change, positively or negatively, or even stay the same, and give you some insight on what the actual next best thing to do is. Let's dive in. So we're going to do this in two parts. Part one, how to figure out where you're going, and two, how are you going to get there? No organization is the same and neither are school leaders. We've all got different starting points, challenges, priorities and areas for development. And that is what today's episode is about. But before we try and figure out where we're going, we first of all need to understand both where we've been and where we are right now. Obviously, a lot has happened to us personally and professionally over the last 12 to 18 months and that has to be acknowledged. So get yourself a pad and a pen and write your answers to these questions. You can either pause and take some time to really sit and reflect, or you can write the answers quickly from the gut and see where the pen takes you. It's entirely up to you. Here we go. What are the significant events that have happened in your life over the last 12 to 18 months? Good and bad. Obviously, there's the big stuff, but by significant, I also mean important. Within all the crazy chaos of a pandemic, life has continued, even if it's not been as we know it. What have been the ups? And what have been the downs? What have you learned these past few months about yourself, your colleagues, your role, your skills and your abilities? What shifted? What stayed the same? What's grown stronger? What's missing? How have these events changed you? How have they affected your view of the world? And maybe plans for the future. What's good now? What isn't working for you? What do you want to stop doing? What do you want to keep doing? What do you want to start doing? Do you feel like you're moving forward? And if not, what will it take to get you moving again? Professionally, how do you want to move forward? In fact, let me ask you this. Where do you see yourself in five years? I've talked about this in the past. I am someone who actually lied during an interview when asked this question because I didn't know the answer. Now, people say that if you don't know where you're going to be in five years, it's like setting out on a journey to somewhere you've never been without a sat-nav. And you're going to get stuck in dead ends. You might end up going in circles and you might hit some roadblocks. But my advice is this. Set your destination in the sat-nav, but be open to detours. So take the scenic route, have an overnight somewhere, and maybe if you learn about a more appealing destination, reprogram the route and have a new adventure. 
I had no clue that this would be my path and I have no clue where this path is leading me to now. When I first set out down this road, I assumed that at best it was a detour and at worst a dead end, but the road ahead remains clear, albeit a little misty. So you probably think it's a cheat that I'm asking you to answer this question when I can't answer it myself. But I can say, with the benefit of hindsight, is that this is a question that we should be asking ourselves as part of our ongoing professional development. I may not know where I'll be in five years, but my highway is pretty picturesque right now, so I'm not planning on turning off anytime soon. So how should you make decisions about your career, about accepting a new responsibility, about taking on a new role, or whether you should move organisations if you're not sure if it's going to work out or not? Well, first of all, there are no guarantees, just choices active choices. Who and where I am today is all down to the choices that I've made in the past, not only about the things I did, but the things I didn't do too. I know that making choices can be scary, especially when you feel comfortable in the school that you're in doing the job that you do. I took on responsibilities that I didn't fully understand. I took jobs before I felt ready to take them and I spoke up even though I wasn't sure if I was saying the right thing. But by taking action and keeping moving even when I wasn't sure what lay ahead, I learned more about myself than I ever thought possible even when I got it wrong. So how should you go about mapping your career path when you don't have all the answers? Well, to know what the right thing to do is, you first of all need to understand you. We've looked at where you've been and we've put some thoughts and feelings down about where you are right now, but we're going to zoom in again. Have a look at the answers you wrote earlier, then pick up your pen and write your answers to this next set of questions. Again, you can either pause and take some time to really sit and reflect, or you can write the answers quickly from the gut and see where the pen takes you. It's entirely up to you. Here we go. Ask yourself, what do you stand for? What are your values? What motivates you? What makes you want to get out of bed and go to work in the morning? What do you love to do? What do you hate doing? What are you not good at? And do you want to get better at it? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't need to. What type of work environment suits you best? What level of challenge and pressure are you comfortable with? What kind of school or organisation do you want to work for? I'm talking primary, secondary, generalist or specialist, local authority, MAT. Think about what it's like on the job. Think about the demands of the job. Think about the kind of autonomy you'll have and the expectations that will be put on you. Then think about what is your next logical step? And is it one that you're ready and willing to take right now? Do you have more than one option? And if so, when do you need to make a choice? Now take a moment and read through what you've just written. With that in mind, we're going to focus in on some specifics. First of all, What is it that you ultimately want to achieve? What role is going to suit your skills and aspirations best? Then think about, do you want to move up? Do you want to move across? Do you want to move into a whole new area altogether? Or do you just want to move on from where you are and need a new challenge? How can you create opportunities that will bring you closer to where it is that you want to be? How will you know when you're ready? How can you prepare for the next step? So what knowledge and skills do you need 
that you currently don't have or that you need to improve on. This leads us on to part two. How are you going to get where you want to go? So as school leaders, we're always making plans. Development plans, improvement plans, curriculum plans, financial plans, staffing plans, you name it, somewhere there is a plan with an acronym. But how many of us actually have a personal leadership plan? And no, I don't mean your three arbitrary performance management targets. They don't count. I'm talking about filling knowledge gaps, developing soft skills, figuring out a solution to the current killer problem that you've got, or planning for the next stage of your career. The whole kit and caboodle. Now, we've done part one, so the groundwork is done. With all of the pieces of the puzzle laid out on the page, you can now work on turning this into a coherent and workable plan, which is what this part is all about. How are you going to get where you want to go? And when I say go, I don't necessarily mean move on. Development doesn't have to mean departure. We're talking about continued professional development, CPD. First of all, let's break down CPD into more manageable chunks, or three strands, as I like to call them. Strand one. CPD for if you're experiencing difficulty or need to brush up and or keep up. Strand two, CPD for if you need to acquire new skills or further enhance existing skills in your current role. Strand three, CPD for if you're ready to acquire skills to prepare you for your next role. Now, with these strands, plus your notes in front of you from before, get another sheet of paper and get ready to make some more notes. I'm going to ask you three big questions with some supplementary questions that will help you determine your goals and learning preferences, as well as assess the practicalities you should consider when undertaking any form of CPD activity. Question one, what are you looking to gain from undertaking CPD? Is it to acquire or develop a skill, so public speaking or report writing or confidence building or line management? Is it to gain or deepen your knowledge? So maybe employment law or accountancy or health and safety. Is it to achieve accreditation? So do you need the recognition of an official body? Is it to progress your career? So will it make you a more attractive candidate on paper? Will it help you to get promoted? Is it to build credibility? So is it going to help people to take you more seriously and give them assurances that you know what you're doing? So that could be to do with HR or health and safety, or maybe it's just more generally. Is it to meet the requirements of your employer? So your CPD agenda could be driven by your employer, especially at the start of your career. Maybe they'll have a really firm idea exactly what kind of development activities that they want you to do. Is it to meet compliance requirements? So coming back to the strands, this is probably strand one. So safeguarding, safe recruitment, GDPR, We need to brush up and we need to keep up because these pieces of legislation change on a regular basis. Now, the reason that you're looking to undertake CPD may fall under one or more of these reasons. But for me, when you're looking at your career plan and your CPD plan and marrying them together, you need to ask yourself, well, what is the main driver? What is the key outcome that you're looking for? Okay, so question number two of three. What is your learning style and preferred learning environment? Do you prefer to learn in a classroom? Do you prefer to learn in large groups or small groups? Maybe even one-to-one. Do you prefer to learn online or in person? Maybe prefer to learn in the workplace on the job. Do you like a highly structured environment or do you prefer a more flexible, informal environment? 
Do you prefer to dig in and learn over time? Or do you like learning in quick, short, sharp doses? All of these things are really important to consider because it is important to match what you're learning with how you like to learn. There isn't a right or a wrong way of learning. And what works for one person isn't going to work for everyone. Maybe over the last 12 months, your focuses and preferences have changed. But you just need to make the best decision and most informed decision that is right for you. Question three, what investment are you prepared to make? Are you limited by budget? Are you going to be paying for your CPD or is it your employer? Or maybe you can access funding. If it's your employer, will they stipulate that you have to stay for X amount of time if they fund this qualification? In terms of investment, it's not just about money. How much time do you have to undertake the CPD that you need? Do you have the time to invest? Will you have to make compromises in terms of work-life balance or family time or finance? Is it worth it? Is your employer going to support your CPD activity? Are they going to be flexible in terms of time and workload? And fundamentally, is the investment of money and time going to be worth it in the end? From these questions, you should now be in a position to identify the different types of CPD that will help you to meet your goal, learning preferences and budget. To help you, I've got a free CPD menu available for download on my website with guidance on budget, learning styles and benefits to help you design a bespoke CPD strategy. I'll pop the link in the show notes. But remember, each CPD activity is going to have different costs, time commitments, delivery methods and expected outcomes. So do your research. And before you part with your cash or sign on the dotted line, ask yourself this. Am I choosing the right type of CPD to help me achieve my goals? If the answer is no or not sure, then don't do it. At least not yet. But whether you're sure or not, I highly recommend talking about your career and CPD plans with someone in your network who you can trust, who is both experienced and qualified to give you feedback. This could be a line manager, but for various reasons, it might well be better that it isn't. But I'll leave that for you to judge. Ideally, this is going to be someone more experienced or someone in the job that you want to do. It could even be someone who recruits to that position. And I don't just mean agencies. So a CEO recruits COOs and CFOs. Or a head might be able to tell you what they look for in a school business manager. If you can, also try and match your person to the context that you're looking to work in. So if you want to move into academies, try and find someone to speak to who's got academy experience. They should be able to tell you things that they've written on their application form or that they would expect to see on an application form. What qualifications they'd expect to see as standard, what others might be helpful to have, and what skills and experiences they think would help make you stand out. This conversation should give you great insight as well as potentially open up future possibilities. And after chatting with them, revisit your plan and ask yourself if anything needs to change, if your action steps and milestones are clear enough, if your timeline is realistic, and if there are any obstacles that you need to be prepared to mitigate. Also consider whether you're going to need any additional support at any point, and if so, where you're going to seek this out. Now, it doesn't matter if your plan is finely detailed or it's broad brushstrokes, you know what you need to do to move forward. Every time you complete a step or reach a milestone, check in with the plan. Does it still resonate with you? Are you moving at the pace you'd hoped? Has anything changed? Do you need to recalibrate? Remember, by making a plan, you're not committing to anything apart from moving forward. Just set your guiding principles and milestones and allow yourself to keep an open mind. 
And that's the beauty of it, because who knows where you might end up. You know I love to hear from you, so please get in touch and let me know how you're getting on with your personal leadership plan. If you've got any questions at all or would like to chat about anything I've touched on in this episode, then you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram under the same name at Laura LJ Business. Also, make sure you check out the show notes on my website at www.ljbusinessofeducation.co.uk for links to the SPL CPD survey, the CPD menu and other useful links and resources. Remember, this show is available in all of the podcast directories. Just make sure you hit the subscribe button in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. And finally, if you're listening to this podcast on an Apple device and you like what you've heard, it would be great if you could rate and review the show as it makes it easier for others to find it. You can rate and review the show by clicking on the show in the Apple Podcast app, scrolling to the bottom and either tapping the stars to rate and or selecting write a review. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.